Hi, Alana Terry here. You are listening to the Praying Christian Women podcast, and I am here with Jamie. How's it going, Jamie? It's going well. How about you? Good. I am having fun being back on with you, doing our thing we do where we get to chat about prayer. Yep. Yeah. It's been, it feels like it's been a while. It's one of those things where we like, we do these batches and then we have a little while where we're not on. I know we are. This is a topic that's been on our radar for months. And I mean, maybe even like over half a year and I'm excited. We're going to dabble into it a tiny bit nervous, but mostly really excited. So we're going to talk about this idea of like, can an object be cursed? Can demonic forces attach themselves to things you bring into your house? How do you, how do you like look at this in a balanced way so that you're not totally superstitious about everything, but also you're not necessarily like unwilling unwittingly inviting like horrible scary things into your home I'm excited for what we can chat about me too I'm with you too it's kind of like one of those things you tread on lightly so you know we always Mm -hmm. give the disclaimer we're not theologians we love the bible but we make mistakes so we always like to hear your feedback too so if anything that we say seems like maybe you feel a different way we would love to hear from you would we though but uh, only, <laughs> no, <I'm joking>. if, <laughs> only if it's really good only if it's really good <laughs> feedback and you like us exactly exactly that's the feedback we want to hear everything else we totally censor so <laughs> no i'm joking i'm joking all right well let's pray God, thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for another podcast episode and just an opportunity to talk about prayer. We pray as always that your Holy Spirit would just be our filter, would be our guide and our director and our teacher during this time. We just pray against any um, any words that that might or or ideas that might go against scripture. We just pray that you would you would help us to protect scripture and its integrity and where we go outside and discussions that aren't about things directly in the Bible, that you would give us wisdom and discernment. Um, we just pray for our listeners that you would give them discernment too in the things that um where this this topic might pertain to them in their own lives. And um, just as always, when we're praying about anything spiritual warfare related, we just claim you as our our father, our God, the Lord of our lives, and and just know that there's no place for any spirit of any kind that isn't in agreement with you to be present. And we just pray your protection over this time and this conversation. Amen. Amen. Well, our verse of the day is, uh, let me scroll down. From Deuteronomy. It is from Deuteronomy. 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 Deuteronomy 7, 25 and 26. This is from the NIV. The image of their gods, you are to burn in the fire. Do not covet the silver and gold on them and do not take it for yourselves or you will be ensnared by it for it is detestable to the Lord, your God. Do not bring a detestable thing into the house or you like it will be set apart for destruction. Regard it as vile and utterly detest it for it is set apart for destruction. So I picked that verse just because I wanted, I, I did a little bit of, of preliminary research on mm-hmm. where there was anything mentioned in the Bible about mm-hmm. graven images or images that could be cursed or detestable yeah. images. And that was one that came up of just, you know, images to pagan gods that needed to be not just not used or not melted down to use into the, in the temple, but to be burned in the fire and, mm-hmm. You know, you can interpret that in many different ways. It doesn't directly say because they have spiritual affiliations, right. <laughs> it 
could right. just be as a symbolic thing, but it is just one way where God, you know, it's, it's detestable to use things that are yes. affiliated or associated with these yeah. practices. And- you don't get much stronger of a word than detestable. No. no. Yeah. Well, before we dive into these detestable topics we get to talk about, let's do our just for fun. So let's say that you had to leave home. Okay, no, like pets and kids and family members, humans and pet critters are totally fine and safe, so you don't need to worry about them. But you can bring three things with you and everything else is going to be totally annihilated. What do you bring? Yeah, and I wrote this just for fun and I still don't really know, but I'll have to think about it. <laughs> um. I might take my hard drive (laughs) if I had time to think about it. I would grab the hard drive, um, my computer that has all of our podcast data. Mm -hmm. That's definitely one important thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I would bring my phone because my phone has, you know, the only way to contact people like, you know, in this day and age, they're not like pay phones along the roads like there used to be. But what if I was really snarky and was like, well, if you bring your phone, that's one item. And then if you decide to bring your charger, that's a second item. No, I'm joking. I won't do that. We'll say phone and charger get to be their own. That's good. So, well, and so I'm kind of cheating because I'm picturing that we're going to leave suddenly. So obviously we're going to leave in the car, which already has a charger. Has a in charger. It. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Some of it, like it really depends. Let's, let's put it this way. Like nobody's in, in danger. So like, I'm thinking, well, do we need to bring like, you know, first aid storage or-, or yeah, let's say like, you don't need any of that. Um, you're going to have food and shelter, but you just, you can't bring more than three things. Right. So you got your hard drive, your computer and your phone? Uh, no, I would just bring, my hard drive has everything from the computer backed up. Okay. So I would just take the hard drive, the external mm-hmm. hard drive. That's my backup, uh-huh. um, the phone. And then I would say my daughter's EpiPen, but if we're not talking about medications, oh. um, you know, and she's not actually, I could buy another EpiPen probably because she's not like, she's not had allergic issues in a very long time. I don't, but I don't know if that weren't the case, there's a box. It's, um, maybe sounds morbid, but it has my mom's Uh ashes in it. It's like an urn, Mm -hmm. but it's not just an urn. And some of her ashes have been scattered. I chose to keep Mm -hmm. some and Mm -hmm. in that box, it's like, um, a jewelry box as well as an urn. So it's, it's got like a, yeah. I mean, her ashes are in a sealed container right. in there, but it also has a little thing where her jewelry that she mm. used to have that she passed on to me is mm-hmm. in there. And I have some of my jewelry that's more valuable, like my engagement ring that I don't really wear that much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a DVD of the video that my husband made of pictures like for her memorial service Aww. of her like to music yeah. and Aww. it has some memorabilia of her That's in it sweet. so I would grab that thing and right now we keep it in our safe just because it has mm-hmm. jewelry in it so we just keep right. it in the safe normally mm-hmm. I would take that I think. So those are my three things, but that's, yeah. Yeah. Without taking too much time to draw it out. How about you? Yeah. Okay. So I'd take my phone, same reason that you would, you know, it's your, your access to things. I would bring my laptop just because that's where I do my work. Um, And honestly, like I'm kind of boring. I'm not really very sentimental. So like, I'm like, Oh, I could replace that. I could do without that. So I'd pick something probably really boring. Like, I don't know, 
tax documents for the past seven years or something stupid, but like, you know, adultly responsible like that. Or it would be very, very hard to leave all of my plants knowing like if they were just going to wither and die, but you know, that's way more than three things. I don't know. I don't know that I could narrow it down. To I was going to say, okay, Alana, yeah. plants will you save? It's like asking I don't which kid know. would you rescue? Yeah. I mean, I definitely have some I like more than others and some are harder to replace than others. But again, I'm just not a sentimental person. So any answer that I give is going to be like kind of boring and super practical. So probably my computer birth certificates my phone yeah and our document like we've documents. got a file that's got all the documents yeah you could say the document file that's a good one yeah but it's boring it really is but like for me I'm like well if we don't need food or shelter that's you know everything else is thankfully replaceable and we don't really have um a ton I realized though that I'm less non-sentimental than I thought I was very sad in our most recent move we lost all our Christmas stuff um, all our family ornaments and our nativity and things that we've had for, you know, 20 or 30 years. Oh. That was, that was sad. Um, so I say everything's replaceable, but I was bummed, but yeah. again, it's like, well, they're just things. We'll make new traditions. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. I wasn't, <laughs> I'd bring my coffee maker and my coffee. <laughs> oh yeah. Hello. Of course we would. All righty. All righty. Um, so let's talk about cursed items. <laughs> yeah. So there are several scriptures. I don't know. I guess I can just read through a few of these to set the tone for our discussion. Um, the one that I read in Deuteronomy um, talks about, you know, burn all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, Acts 19.19 says a number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. Again, not saying that there was anything in the scrolls that was spiritual, but not ruling it out either. Um, Mark 5, 1 to 20. Well, I'm not going to read all of it, but Mark 5 in general has, Jesus did allow the demonic group called Legion to enter into a herd of swine after exercising them from a man, which gives the precedent that demonic forces can live in animals mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. in people. So, I mean, if the thought is that they can enter into people and animals, then you could maybe think that it's possible that, that demonic forces can attach themselves to things. Mm -hmm. Deuteronomy seven, five, this is what you were to do to them. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, cut down their Asherah poles and burn their idols in the fire. Um, is that the same one I read earlier? Yeah, mm -mm. that's kind of yeah. the, it's. Oh, that's earlier in Deuteronomy. Similar, but yeah. Yeah, very similar. The Lord has chosen you out of the peoples to be his people, his treasured possessions. Um, and then in Joshua 7, it talks about sanctifying yourselves against tomorrow. For as thus says the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. And the literal meaning of that word accursed in Joshua 7, 13, it means under the ban or cursed or devoted thing, devoted thing from the root word karam. So, you know, that could be just a devoted thing, or it could be that it's an actual cursed thing that mm -hmm. 
So it's, it's hard to know what context that's used in. Um, second Corinthians six seventeen is the last one. Wherefore come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord, and don't touch the unclean thing and I will receive you. So by unclean, again, does that mean that it's somehow cursed or is it just unclean? Like there's clean and unclean of all different types of things. Yeah. So that's so before, all I could find really. Yeah. Before we dive too deep into this, I would love to know your like 30 second version of where you stand. So if the spectrum is like nothing is cursed because we are all sanctified by the Holy spirit and devil can't touch us. So we don't need to be worried about anything. It's on one extreme. And the other extreme is any item that you might encounter that at one point was used for anything less than to the complete and utmost glory of God is cursed and detestable. And if you let it in your house, horrible things are going to happen to you. Where do you fall? So I fall somewhere in the middle. Like I do. With oh. Isn't that boring? <laughs> Boo, hiss, hiss. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I, I really, I believe that we are, I believe that Satan is in the opposite of God. He's far less powerful. God has absolute authority over him. When mm-hmm. we have God's seal on our hands and our foreheads, we are set apart for him. We cannot be possessed by demonic forces. Um, but the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. We can be in, in the presence of evil for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Satan, and you know, I think of the disciples when they tried to ca- to cast the demons out, there were some times when there was one in particular time that they couldn't or mm-hmm. weren't able to, yeah. and only Jesus could at that time. So we have limitations as humans. We're not just, you know, I don't think we should get cocky about it. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, I will say that I definitely believe that it's possible. I've never experienced anything that would make me say absolutely for sure. I I have Mm -hmm. had experiences with, with cursed things that, you know, I touched it and it was burning hot or I saw it levitate. You know, I haven't had those Mm -hmm. kinds of experiences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have heard from people that I've spoken to that I trust as being, uh, sound minded, biblically minded people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that have had experiences that they can't explain yeah. with objects. Um, and so I don't doubt that it's possible. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, I think that it's dangerous to get superstitious about it because I think of the meat sacrifice to idols and how mm-hmm. there is freedom in Christ in, in certain areas where, you know, that meat mm-hmm. sacrifice to idols, that wasn't, unclean in the sense of not being able to eat it by the letter of the law that Jesus gave, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely think that you can go overboard here. And, and I feel like that would be a little bit in violation of the freedom that we do have. It would be like deliberately putting yourself back in bondage that we don't need to be, yeah. but I do look kind of like, I think possible is probably a word that we will continually come back to Mm -hmm. in this episode. Is it possible? Sure. There are a lot of things that are possible just because you haven't seen it doesn't necessarily mean it couldn't happen. Um, I think that sometimes we feel like we are almost post spiritual. Mm -hmm. And by that, like, have you heard, I've heard explanations like, why doesn't God do miracles today? Like he did in the New Testament. And I've heard some people just say, oh, well, because now we have doctors, so we don't need it. Like, okay, where in the Bible does it say that once you get 
doctors and like there were doctors in Jesus's time too, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So I feel like sometimes we can get so uh, tied up in like just straight up Western science Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, so now we know Western science. And so that means that nothing spiritual, like if it can't be proven or seen, it doesn't exist. I think that that's too extreme, but I also feel like we don't want to err on the side of being superstitious and scared because again, I do feel like that that goes against the freedom that we do have. So I would say like, yeah, I think these things are possible. I think that you can be a little bit mindful of it without it consuming every single day of your life. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, let's not go extreme, but let's just remember that. Yeah. Sometimes there are going to be things that we can't explain. I do feel like certain locations have a different sort of spiritual uh, flavor or atmosphere. And I think that, for example, like if you lived in a house where like people had occult meetings every single day of the week, that yeah, there might still be lingering forces of darkness that might have a little bit more power and be a little bit more active there than, you know, say in your church. Um, again, yeah, that's possible. It's, it's not outside the realm of what could happen, but I also don't feel like we necessarily need to live in fear all the time or blame everything on demons or things like that. Yeah. I think that is definitely kind of a good, healthy approach to it. I've definitely experienced being in places that. Yeah. So tell me some of your stories about that. Strange. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking back to this. Um, there was, um, when I was a kid, I used to go, we, I grew up in Maryland and we would go to ocean city, Maryland, which was really fun. I would travel there with a friend of mine, um, with her family for about a week each summer for several summers. And we would go to the boardwalk and walk around the different shops. And I just remember there were a couple of places there, a couple of shops and I don't know what it was about them. And at the time I didn't know either, but I felt this just like darkness wash mm-hmm. over me when I was in that vicinity. And it was every time, every year, yeah. same area, same spot. I just had this weird feeling and I forget what it was that made me think of it in the, it recently, like in the last few months, it may, maybe even preparing for this, but it just made me think about that mm-hmm felt like if I were to define it now, knowing what I know now and being more of a spiritual person, I would say that that was like a, maybe there was some darkness there. Maybe Mm -hmm. there was, maybe that was a spot where something happened or there was some kind of, Mm -hmm. of more demonic activity than usual. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but that it was, yeah. Interesting. Um, and there's another example of, I can't remember. Why don't you tell me one? Maybe I'll think of it. I know there's another one that I had. Well, my story, my most dramatic story is not location-based. It's Mm object-based. I'm sure I've told you before my violin story. Yes. Yeah. I thought immediately of that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, and then remind me if I forget, because I've got a more recent story from just like half a year ago too. Mm -hmm. So, Again, this is just my anecdotal experience. This isn't scripture, but you know, here's what happened to me. I was a teenager. I was probably 15 or 16. I was a pretty serious violinist, fairly competitive, was considering becoming like a music teacher and majoring in music. And it was time for me to um, upgrade 
instruments. And so my teacher arranged for three violins and I think three or four different bows to get shipped to me. And I was going to try each one of them out and decide which violin and which bow was going to be kind of my upgraded violin. And so I tried one, my parents were both listening to it. So I just, you know, I pulled one out, played a few notes, pulled the next one out, played a few notes and pulled the third one out, played a note. I'm like, oh no, not this one. And then just put it away and then focused on the other two and went back and forth between the other two. We, you know, this was going to be a a pretty big investment. And so I know I was thinking this is hardcore. This isn't go down to the local violin shop and pick one out, like getting it shipped to you. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it had probably already been like at least 45 minutes with both my parents and me. And I was going back and forth between these two violins. I was trying out, okay, well, what if I do this violin with that bow? And I was getting kind of close to having my mind made up. And my parents were like, okay, we're putting down a bunch of money for this. So let's make sure we've kind of covered all the combinations. So go back to that third violin and play it. And I was like, no, I don't think like, I didn't like that one. And that's, that's all I had the vocabulary to say. I said, I didn't like that one. And they were like, no, go ahead. We want to hear it. So I started to play. And within, as I remember it, you know, it might not be exactly like, as I remember it within like half a minute, I was sobbing. And I was terrified. I felt like I had been um, attacked, like physically and spiritually attacked by this instrument. Mm. And again, I lacked the vocabulary to explain how I felt. So all I could say is like, I don't like this one. And my parents being Christians and at least open to the idea that certain things could have spiritual um, baggage, let's say, I think I, I agree with them. They assumed, you know what, there might be something dark that has attached itself somehow to this instrument. And so they told me I didn't have to play it anymore. They wrapped it up. They even put it back in the shipping box. We kept it in the garage until we were able to ship that one back. But I was like freaked out, full-blown panic attack for like, it took Mm -hmm. me like at least an hour to settle down. Um, And even so, like just thinking about that, it's, it's, it was scary and it definitely felt like a type of violation. And again, being only 15 or 16, I hadn't, I had no idea how to explain it. So in their mind, like, well, you say you don't like this instrument, but it's going to be, you know, let's just play it. It's okay to play an instrument you don't like, but something was happening to me spiritually as I played it. So that was bad. (laughs) And I would go so far as to say at, at the time we were all three of us convinced there was something evil that happened to me when I picked it up. Wow. That's yeah. That's a crazy story. And yeah, I would say that that is definitely, definitely points to the possibility that those kinds of things can happen because there really isn't Mm -hmm. another explanation for something like that. To be cynical, How about, I will go ahead and give some of the very logical explanations that you could give. Mm -hmm. Um, Logical explanation, which I don't agree with, but just to entertain, (laughs) uh, if we want to come up at everything with things that can only be proven scientifically, we could say, I didn't like the sound quality of it. 
And it bothered me that I was forced to play something that I didn't like the sound of. And that that kind of just induced this a little bit of overreaction, but maybe I was stressed. Maybe I was feeling pressure like they're going to, my parents are spending a lot of money. And so if I pick the one that they don't want me to pick, they're going to get mad at me. Right. I mean, it could have been something like that. I don't believe it was. I definitely think that there was, like I said, like it was, there felt like it was an evil attack. And what's even stranger, it felt personal, right? It didn't Mm -hmm. feel like just, this is something that I don't like. Like it felt like something was trying to harm me Mm -hmm. in a spiritual level. But also I know I'm very, um, what am I trying to say? Like almost like a musical empath, if that's an actual thing. Mm-hmm. Like when I have a reaction to a song, it's a strong reaction. Mm-hmm. So there are certain songs that like creep me out and I'm like, I'm not going to listen to that. And there's no real reason why. Like, I don't believe that it's just a song that gives me that reaction is demonic, but I know I have stronger than normal emotional reactions to music. So that could have played into it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Easiest explanation is, yeah, there was something, something about that instrument, something perhaps about its history, its previous owners, something that, yeah, by my playing it felt like it invited a spiritual attack. Hmm. Yeah, that is, that is pretty intense. Have you heard about our Patreon community? Patreon provides a way for listeners like you to partner with us to reach more women with the Praying Christian Women podcast and our other prayer resources. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get exclusive access to video recordings of podcast episodes, including some early access to episodes before they've even been published. You'll also be able to listen to our entire archive of retired episodes of the Prevailing Prayer podcast, where our podcasting partnership began. You'll get sneak peeks of our newest prayer resources, as well as virtual retreats and other audio and video bonuses. To find out more, head over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash partner right now and check it out. Mm-hmm. And then you had something else recently also, right? Yeah. So this one I'm less convinced was anything at all, but I still am okay with how I acted. So I'm into house plants and I, I spend a lot of time, like I look forward to the summer when I can order more because we don't have any nurseries super close. So I get them mailed and it's too cold to have them shipped over the winter. So I've got to wait for spring and summer. So last summer I got a shipment and one of them, it was just like interesting looking. It was, it was more of a tree than a house plant, but you know, like only maybe two and a half feet tall, but it was going to get bigger. And I'm like, this would be cool. Um, so I got it. I opened it and it was, it was actually a similar reaction to the violin. It was like, Oh, I don't like this one, but that was my only thought. It was like, Oh, this, you know, it looked cooler in the picture when I ordered it online is all it was. And then I was lying in bed that night. Second, my head hit the pillow. It wasn't like I was sinking through my day or praying or, you know, I wasn't like, dear God, if I brought anything evil into this house, please show me like second, my head hit the pillow. I was like, there's something evil in my office. And it's that dang tree. (laughs) And I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to overreact, but I also didn't want to underreact. And so all I did, like, I didn't spend a ton of time thinking about it because I already knew like my initial reaction was I didn't like it anyway. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, 
there's something bad. And so I, I put it back in its box. I put it under our porch because it was, you know, it's not cold outside in the summer. And then the next day I just uh, took it to the post office. <laughs> I put a note in it and it said like, I'm returning this, but I don't need a refund. I just didn't like it. And I just shipped it back. You're like, I don't even want the money back that paid for this thing. I know. Like I didn't include a packing slip or anything. They just, you know, a week later got their tree back. That one, I'm a little bit more like, who knows? I could have been totally overreacting. Um, It could have just been, I didn't find it aesthetically pleasing. And then something weird happened when my head hit the pillow. I'm like, I got to get this out of the house. So that one, I'm a little less like, who knows what would have happened. But I I feel like it wasn't an over, well, some people, I guess, would call it an overreaction, but I didn't want to risk not reacting and then regret it. Do you know what I mean? So I felt. Um, Absolutely. I, I think that's the wise path to take because yeah. it doesn't hurt. It didn't hurt. I felt a little bit silly, back. but I was like, I'd rather not be scared of it. And there, from the moment that thought came to me, there was an element of fear. And so I'm like, I'm just going to get rid of this and not worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that is, that's a great take home for all of this mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. when possible. I mean, obviously if you move into a house and you have a weird feeling about it, you can't necessarily change that other than, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about praying through the house, but mm-hmm. if you have something that comes into your home right. or something that you're in regular contact with that mm-hmm. gives you the creeps, maybe listen to that. And yeah. if it, if it's all the same, get rid of it. And, yeah, and there's no harm in that. Exactly. Is there no harm in doing that? No harm, no foul. <laughs> right. And, you know, when we were talking about some of these verses, this, um, this, this one verse, it talks about like that root word karam in Joshua seven thirteen, where a cursed literally means under the band. So it's a band thing or cursed or a devoted thing. I think another layer to this question is, Are there things that may not necessarily have like what we would consider a demon attached to it or, you know, Mm -hmm. inhabiting it or, or however you want to picture it, but Mm -hmm. maybe there are things that are still accursed and things that are not pleasing to God in the sense that some of these, you know, gold and silver things were supposed to be burned or the scrolls, the sorcery burst, the sorcery based scrolls that were burned publicly, um, you know, that maybe there are also things that, that may not have that attachment that may not be beneficial or things that aren't good things that have a bad influence on us or draw things out in us that lead us away from God. And I mean, that could be another category, that category I've seen people take to an extreme Mm -hmm. and, you know, go through and get rid of all of their, you know, burn all of their CDs that don't have the word mm-hmm. Jesus in them or something, you know, or, you know, but if any- that's what God has called you to, you know, again, maybe, maybe we tell people to err on the side of caution, right? Cause that was exactly what I was going to as well. Like people who get saved and then get rid of all their music mm-hmm. and sounds a little extreme, but you know what, like if that music to them represents like the epitome of ungodliness And especially if having it in the home could be a reminder, I feel like, yeah, go ahead and and be extreme. 
we we read in Acts about the people who burned all those scrolls. And I love that we've mm-hmm. got stories like this, even in the New Testament, because sometimes we do this things like, well, that's how God's people acted in the Old Testament. You know, like we kind of make that distinction. And no, we even have, you know, New Testament Christians getting rid of their their magic books. It never says that the magic books specifically had demonic influence, but they absolutely were used in things that were ungodly. Mm -hmm. And so by getting rid of them, the very least, it was a sign of their devotion to Christ and kind of like the, the burning the bridges, right? I'm not going back to this. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's at least the possibility, you know, there's the word again, of them being spared from continual spiritual oppression had they kept those items. Yeah. Well, in one of our former churches, my husband and I actually felt like we, we had a whole sermon series on some of these verses about, um, you know, the people bringing their scrolls and burning them Mm -hmm. and, and different things set apart for God. And my husband and I were talking about how we actually, cause we had identified some things that were in our home Mm -hmm. that we didn't think Mm -hmm. were glorifying to God. It wasn't, you know, a spiritual thing necessarily, but a, Mm -hmm. like, Hey, this, this, we don't need this in our house. Right. And we had the idea that we wanted to have a burning party, like for people in our church, we never Mm -hmm. did it. And I, I sort of regret it because there is something, I mean, someone might think that sounds crazy or extreme, Mm -hmm. but I feel like there's power in, I don't know. In burning. In burning. <laughs> There's power in fire. No, I am not a pyromaniac. But there sure, is sure, sure. That's what I want to think. <laughs> but taking things and just having a symbolic act of sacrifice to God and just kind of saying, you know what, as a group, as a church, whatever, as a as a life group, whatever whoever you are, or as a family, we just don't need these things. We don't want the money mm-hmm. that would come by selling them Mm -hmm. you know online or we don't want someone else to get a hold of them by giving them away at a yard sale so Mm -hmm. you know or thrift store so we just we want to kind of dedicate this to you as our act of worship and Mm -hmm. if you're going at it with something like that where you truly just want your home to glorify God in every way I think that could be a powerful thing to do. And um, Mm -hmm. I also think that it could take a turn for the worse if you expect everyone else around you Mm -hmm. to do the same thing or to have your exact same standards for what gets thrown out. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if we had had the church over or the life group or whatever, it could be that there were things that other people burned that we had, you know, books or movies exactly. or whatever. Yeah. I think kept. it's very personal. Yeah. And I think a lot of it comes down to like who you were before you were saved. Mm-hmm. And also I think like what your personal temptations are. And also I think there's actually an element of like what even might be in your ancestral past. Like I know my dad, mm, that's a good uh, point. Comes, yeah, he comes from a Japanese American background and he's third generation, but he was pretty strict like that we weren't going to have anything with like Japanese calligraphy or characters in the home because he couldn't read the language and he was very sensitive um, more so than the average person to like if this was going to be a prayer to like a Shinto god or something it didn't belong in our house whereas I feel like someone else who didn't have that as their like genetic and we've talked about generational sins didn't have Mm -hmm. that in their background they could see something as a beautiful work of art and never have to think about it um same thing with music I know the music leader at one of the churches I went to in college had gotten saved as a professional musician 
and his entire, so for him, music was about like the club scene and about selfish ambition and about all these ungodly things he had done. And so he had a season where he didn't listen to any music. He didn't play any music. He had to get rid of that, like all of that, you know? And so I think a lot of it has to do with what's in your own past in your own makeup and that's how you can decide like for me with um for me in music like like I said I'm more in tune with musical things you know like sometimes I can hear a song by somebody and like get a feel for who they are as a person and not feel like I'm just making it up right mm-hmm. and so for me, like that, it makes sense that that's where I got attacked. I was oversensitive. I, mean, I was extra sensitive mm-hmm. to that. Um, if you're not extra sensitive to it and it's not in your past, I don't think you need to worry about it. Like I have a friend who came, she was saved out of a pagan background and the woman who had led her to the Lord, like told her, I don't think you should shop at thrift stores anymore. And I was like, that's kind of dumb. <laughs> like, but now that I think through it a little bit more, I think in her mind, like that was associated with all these things from the past and her paganism was tied to like objects, Mm -hmm. you know? And so she had to be more careful than I do, you know, like I'll go to a thrift store and bring something home if I think it looks cool. Right. She had to be more careful because she had that in her background. Yeah. And, and that's why I think it is a personal thing Mm -hmm. and a case by case thing. And that we can't hold others to the same standard that God has called us to within Mm -hmm. reason. I mean, of course, there are certain things that you might just be like, okay, that, that is not, (laughs) that should not be in your house. But I don't know. I I don't know what those things would be. I mean, maybe the book of Satan wouldn't be good to have in your house. Um, But (laughs) I'm just making something up. But no, I get what you're saying, though. Not to be judgmental when other people, I know that there are definitely disputable matters within the church about literature and movies and different kinds of things that are or are not anti-God. And I think as well as being open to other people, having different standards from us, right? that's important. I think we can also learn from other people though, because there, there are areas where, I don't know, it, it might not hurt to examine if you see someone else or hear of someone else where something is restrictive for them to ask the question why, and Mm -hmm. well, should that be for me? And to look at it open-mindedly, not just following someone blindly because so-and-so doesn't read these books or doesn't let their kids watch this movie. So I shouldn't either, Mm -hmm. but why are they Mm -hmm. not letting them watch this? Or why are they not letting them read this? Let's, let's investigate and take it to God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree that this is kind of this can be applied to everything from entertainment choices, you know, movies and and books. And I think there is a lot of area where, um, yeah, like I remember I was probably eight or nine and I saw somebody watching a Star Trek episode and I'm like, oh, this is so evil. Like, I don't think my daddy would let me watch this because we just we didn't do sci fi. We didn't do fantasy. And like, I remember being kind of scared, like, isn't this wrong to talk about like aliens and stuff? And, you know, now I'm like, aliens are aliens. Like, it's just, it's part of, part of pop culture, you know, and now we get baby Yoda and things like that. So yeah, I think that there are for sure uh, lots of areas where we can extend grace just because you've got a conviction doesn't mean that everybody around you is a bad person if they don't have the same conviction. Um, You know, kind of like my uh, music pastor, I 
you know, I didn't know him at the time, but it would have been wrong for him to go around wagging his finger at anybody who happens to like music, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like it was his personal conviction that he had to give it up. So it would have been wrong for him to, to jump back in before God gave him the green light to do so. But it would have been wrong for him to be looking at everybody else who didn't give up music as being terrible, horrible people. And I think another thing we need to be really careful about is I think we just, we need to not like, make all of these decisions just based on fear, you know? So like no, you go into important. a thrift store, yeah. And you're just terrified or, you know, maybe you're with your, your friend and they love to go yard sailing and they invite you along. And the whole time you're just terrified that they might touch something that's, you know, if that's your conviction, then don't go yard sailing. But for a lot of people, it's a fun way to get good deals on things. And that's kind of the extent of it. Yeah. And I think just any kind of spirit of fear when it comes to something like this, I mean, I think we should have a healthy respect, healthy respect, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> but God is still on the throne. God is still greater. God is still, yeah. you know, he, he's got you covered in terms of like, we don't have to be afraid that, um, that we don't have to be afraid. We don't yeah. have to be afraid. I trust, even with my kind of dramatic and intense experience, plus with my dad being very cautious, and I saw that growing up about what we let in the home, even now, like, basically, I trust if something's not right, my my gut's going to do that little crunchy thing, and God's mm-hmm. going to let me know that way, you know, so I don't put a plant order and like pray over every single item and ask God to purge it from, you know, like the dark uh, forces of the forest that might be living in the leaves, right? I assume that if there's something funky going on, my head's going to hit the pillow one night and I'm going to be like, oh, this shouldn't be in the house. And then I'm going to like take it out of the house and it's not going to be a big deal. Um, now, okay, let's, let's intensify. What if somebody is living in a house that does feel like there is wicked slash evil slash unexplained slash paranormal activity? Because there are tons of stories like that in pop culture. And there are even stories of Christians going through things like that. Well, that's a little bit different. You can't just like put that in a box and put it under your porch and take it to the post office the next day. Sure. And paranormal, not meaning ghosts in the sense of, you know, woo woo, but like Mm -hmm. demonic forces that could be doing things that are unexplainable. Yes. Um, yeah. Now that's a very scary, mm-hmm. uh, situation. Um, I could see the one being more common. Um, I've never personally known anyone one to be in the most intense form of that where they've actually seen or heard things that are scary, but I have known people that have felt off mm-hmm. about either rooms mm-hmm. or yeah. their whole house. And in that particular case, and probably in the case of, of the other more extreme example is definitely to, you know, gather your prayer warriors and pray Mm -hmm. through the home. Mm -hmm. Um, Beyond that, um, I would caution against, you know, I think in situations like that, as Christians, we have to be very careful about um, how do I put this, the types of spiritual interventions that we have. Like, I know there are a lot of not necessarily Christian but spiritual people that might give you ideas of, Oh, let me come and, and 
do mm-hmm. this certain ritual or right. something that right. could cleanse your house. Or here's the crystals that you could put on your windowsill. Yeah. We need to be really careful about not inviting any kind of, of that sort of solution to that problem. I think it needs to be very biblical, which can involve definitely speaking scripture, praying over each room, even anointing the doorways of each room or different places on the house with, with, uh, with oil as a symbolic gesture, not that the oil's magical or that Mm -hmm. it's different, but as a, you know, symbolic God is blessing this and I'm setting it apart for God. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and then beyond that, obviously if it's possible, get out of there and go somewhere else. If it's even an option at all, if it's really that bad Mm -hmm. and if, but I know that that's not always an option when you're in a home that you've either purchased or that you're renting or that someone Mm -hmm. is allowing you to stay in. That's not always an option. What are your thoughts? Kind of similar. I agree that we don't want to replace like one form of superstition with another and have, you know, like a, a paranormal, I forget, like they actually have these like people who are like, they're like modern day ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, I don't think that that's appropriate. I think absolutely. Like when we had a home in Anchorage, it took us a couple months, but we realized that, no, there was something that didn't feel right about being there. Um, We were all getting sick far more often than normal, which could just mean that there was mold in the house. You know what I mean? Like it it wasn't necessarily a spiritual thing, but we ended up inviting some of the elders and some people from our home group to come and pray over each room and absolutely felt better after that. I think that that's, um, you know, that should be sort of a default when you move into a new place. Mm-hmm. Even if there's not, you know, evil things going on. I think it's it's just a nice way to dedicate your place of living where you're going to be spending the biggest chunk of your life to the Lord. Um, beyond that, yeah, I mean, I, I've heard of Christian families where I, you know, there's just like one degree of separation. And so I trust the sources, um, you know, where that wasn't enough. In which case they did eventually, you know, get out. And I don't think that, um, again, I think it's possible, right? We, we have everything that we need for life and for godliness, but you are absolutely right. When you say like, there are, there are demons stronger than Christians. There's nothing stronger than the Lord. Right. But, um, I would say don't give in to fear. Don't make superstition the default, but, and definitely like pray over any house you live in, mm-hmm. whether it feels good or bad. And then beyond that, like if, if there's still things that feel off and wrong and no amount of prayer seems to be okay, then I think you just go and you ask the Lord what your next step should be. Um, I think that's, you know, probably the way to handle things and not being totally alarmist, but also not being so much, you know, head in the sand. I think especially like if you feel like your children might be um, spiritually suffering as a result of where you might be, and there is some way to look into other options, go ahead and do that. But also remember, like God's not going to force you to stay in a situation and not take care of you. Right. So yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the other side, you know, it's, it's a little hard. Cause like you said, like you, you rent a place and you sign an 18 month lease and the first night you get a bad feeling that doesn't necessarily mean that like the number one thing you've got to do the next day is break your lease. And for a lot of people, that's just not even an option. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, I think there are ways to handle things where we recognize that, yeah, there's, there are things that are in the realm of possibility, but that we don't need to always be living in constant fear 
But if God opens a door for you to not be in a situation that doesn't feel right, go ahead and take it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's Alrighty. it. Good well, advice. We just solved all of the, the world's problems. I know. And I love when we get what, to do that. 40 minutes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to kind of add? I don't think so. I just think, you know, we kind of say the same things over and over again with, um, you know, in regard to just, there's always a balance. I think there's just yeah. always a balance in, in how we go about things, how we make decisions in our lives. And it's always personal. It's always going to be, you know, something that, that God's going to lead you to directly. So that's why prayer is so important and being in tune with God and reading God's word, because he will direct you. If you have a problem or a question about something, just, you know, ask him to help and start reading God's word and, you know, just allow him to allow him in partner with him. Don't freak out. Yeah. <laughs> just partner mm -hmm. with God and he'll get you through. Amen. Yeah. I think that that is good, balanced, sound advice. Um, how about before we dive into our blessing and benediction, how about I will just um, close this kind of topic in prayer, especially for anybody who might be feeling, you know, maybe what we mentioned brings up things that make them like, oh, maybe I need to go and change this. Maybe I need to have my house prayed over. Mm -hmm. Maybe this explains why I haven't felt right at home. Let's just take a minute to pray for a way to kind of wrap this subject up just because it was, you know, potentially a little bit hard hitting for maybe some people. Yeah. God, we thank you that you are stronger and more powerful than any other force of darkness or evil. And we just proclaim you as Lord of our homes. We proclaim you as Lord of all of our listeners' homes. We proclaim you as more powerful than any attack of the enemy and anything that might come against us. And we do ask for your divine protection for us, our children, our spouses, our families, for everybody who enters our home and for every object that enters our home. We just pray that you would deliver us from all evil, keep evil far from our homes, um, that it wouldn't even pass through the threshold, Lord. Pray that if anybody is listening, is feeling more fearful now than they were at the start of this show, that they would know exactly what steps to take to just protect their spiritual security and to just claim their power. And you give us wisdom as we talk about these things that we truly have such limited understanding of, Lord, just protect us, protect our listeners, and thank you for being stronger than all of the evil in the world. Amen. Amen. All right. So to wrap up, we would love to invite you all to join our Patreon community for all, all the Alana and Jamie things that are out there. Um, one of the really fun things that patrons get is access to all of our previous episodes before we became praying Christian women. And we did what, maybe like 65 prayer type episodes. Even before that, you get access to that. Um, and lots of other great things in the community of like-minded praying Christian women. So you can join us at Patreon and you can get there by going to prayingchristianwomen.com slash partner. And this also just helps us cover things like, you know, the cost for our website and stuff like that. So it is a true blessing. If you have the means to join us there, we would love to see you. And now we're going to leave you with our blessing and benediction. May the word of God dwell in you richly, guiding you, leading you in the way you should go. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, may God's word be a light for your path and a lamp to your feet. May his word fill you with knowledge of his will and thoroughly equip you for every good work. 
Our benediction is from Colossians 3, 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.